Good evening and welcome to the Italian Impact Weekly. I'm your co-host, Steve Stefano Mancini. And I'm Claudio Relsano, and we are coming to you from the Robert Morris University studios here in Moon Township, Pennsylvania. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm not coughing as bad. I'm I appreciate that. I'm not 100%. That. I thought but, I heard uh, I'm it. I'm doing better. I, I thought I heard it when you came in. But, I'm doing uh, all right. No, good stuff. Again, I want to thank a big thank you to the Robert Morris University. Appreciate sure. them. And also, I want to thank you, obviously, to our listeners from all over the world. And, uh, you know, we're streaming live on khbradio.com. We appreciate that. And uh, as always, you know, we're interested in hearing from you. And uh, we do appreciate the fact we've gotten some emails uh, from you. But if you're interested in emailing us any questions, or maybe there's some guests you'd like to see on the show, maybe there's some local events. Again, we're trying to support the local uh, Pittsburgh community, but we'll, we'll support anyone. So please feel free to email us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com. Again, that's questions at italianimpactweekly.com. And we had a friend of the show, Fred Natale, who hooked us up with the Spagnola family. Uh, Don, and Don's a very successful businessman. And Angelo, who I remember was, he was his, his thing is he's the world's worst avid golfer. So they're going to be on the show. And, of course, I mentioned Donnie Iris is going to be on the show. It looks like an honorary Italian, Mr. Jerry Cooney, the boxing icon, is going to be on the show. So we got a bunch of guys and girls that uh, we're going to have on the show that's going to make it, as we always say, informative and entertaining. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm actually looking forward to it. Some good guests lined up. And, uh, you know, we've got some, uh, and I, you know, we, we, next week and the week after, we've got a couple of folks, local organizations. Yeah. And I'm actually very excited about that. And, again, we'll talk more about that, uh, well, mainly next week, so I won't spoil that one. But uh, also, um, if you are enjoying this and you want to hear it, we are putting these up there on uh, italianimpactweekly.com. So you can go out and check out some of the uh, previous episodes. But uh, Claudio, um, how have you been? Big game Sunday. I, it's probably been talked about enough throughout the week. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I watched about four minutes of it. Mm. I just, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say I don't care, but eh, I didn't care. It wasn't anybody yeah. I was rooting for. But I'll, but I'll throw one thing at you. Um, if you recall from the last show, I said, oh, I think the Eagles are going to win this by a touchdown. I'm going to give you some advice. And this is the only advice I'm going to give you that's right. Don't listen to Steve Manson. Exactly. When it, comes to, when it comes to gambling and betting, do not listen to me. Right. I will tell you that right now because I'm the guy that you say, well, what does Steve think? Oh, he thinks they're going to win, huh? Okay, you know, $100 on whoever the heck they're playing. I don't care what the odds are. That's, that's kind of the history of my life. But eh, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I watched it. You know, I didn't have – I wasn't on the edge of my seat. I was pulling for uh, Coach Sirianni uh, for sure. But it was a good entertaining game, and, uh, well, that's it. One thing, though, again, I'm not a – the Steelers are a ways off from what those teams performed, oh, how not, those two teams performed yesterday, and and the way the play calling was and everything. So they have a lot of work to do. For Look, again, we won't make it a sports show, but I'm just going to throw one thing at you. The Steelers are, are going nowhere fast for a little while. I, I just I just don't think they're a good team. I don't think they're well coached. We just had 30 people hang up, right? Click. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean I'm not rooting for the Steelers. I, I think they're going to go undefeated. The <laughs> they're going to break all the records. We talked about this. You know. Don't listen to me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I see they're not going to do well. They're not going to they're going to freaking win the Super Bowl the next 3 years straight. Um, but no, uh, I think we got a, a great guest tonight. We're going to kind of uh, you know, she's going to have some good uh, good advice for us. You know, this is again kind of plays into something we were going to talk about a little bit, but, uh, you know, she has a lot going on. You have a lot going on. 
I have a lot going on. But you know what? What's the theme of tonight, Claudia? You can do more. You can always do more. That quote from Dan Marino. And we're going to connect another quote from another Italian guy, Mario Andretti. Uh, he always used to say, if you have everything under control, you're not going fast enough. So, you know, do things in life. You know, I, I, after I sign something on an email or sometimes an autograph, I put keep accomplishing, keep accomplishing, keep going after things. And that's, that's a part of life, you know, enjoying the chase, enjoying the catch, but also enjoying the chase. Now, uh, again, the whole, the whole point of the show, and we, you know, we kind of talk about this in the beginning, it's, you know, it's business, it's entertainment, mm -hmm. it's sports, it's medicine, it's whatever. But you know, ultimately what the show is about, you know, it's informing and, and entertaining folks. Sure. Why? We want to make them better. Exactly. Well, what we don't want to do is, is give you advice that I myself do not follow or Claudio exactly. does not follow. I can't come out and say, oh, you, you know, again, the theme, you can do more. You know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, me personally, I have a day job. This is not it. <laughs> I have a part-time job teaching. Matter of fact, I'm an adjunct here at Robert Morris University. I've been teaching here for about four or five years, and I was teaching other universities part-time before that. I also study languages, and then now I'm doing a radio show. And here's the irony, and, I, and, I don't, and I'm not saying we have to necessarily fill up every minute of every day of our lives. We've got to decompress. You've got to relax. You've got to enjoy time with the family. But the irony on all of that is, to your point, I still feel like I have free time on my exactly. hands. And I like to spend it at the casino where I lose all my money. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I mean, but yeah, you, you can always do more, whether it's at the job you're at now, whether it is something personal you are working towards, whether, you know, whether it's a hobby. I mean, there's always something that you can do to improve yourself and get better at the whatever it is. Now, you, for example, you have a lot going on. In fact, I had the pleasure of watching you, uh, you guys do the uh, TV show. Yeah. It was, uh, I, that was First of all, that is a those guys are funny. You guys are, are a good trio. I actually enjoyed Thank that. You. I was laughing, and I actually, if you didn't know, I, I actually covered my mouth a few times because I was kind of chuckling. He said, oh, "What? I, I forgot who it was." Um, Probably smoking Jim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he said a few things. And I was like, "Ugh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim's the best. We we do a show called The Boxing Authorities. Uh, we've been doing it now for two years. Uh, we're coming up on our two hundredth episode sometime in June. But we've had great guests on, Hall of Fame boxers. But Luther Dupree Jr., Smoking Jim Frazier, and I, uh, it's a, in my opinion, it's the best boxing show on TV. I lead off. We're informative and entertaining, and we certainly are. And we certainly stole that, informing and entertaining. That's all right. It's, you That's know okay. what? It's, I came it's up with it, you, so it's right, No, no, it's, right. it's what you should do, though. You right. should, if you're going to do something and you're going to talk to a public audience, you should inform and entertain them. Um, I don't think informing is enough. People are going to be bored. They're going to turn you off. Yeah. Entertaining is good in moderation, but at some point you kind of get to, eh, what, what yeah, am I getting out of this? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, so it's a good mix, and it yeah. happens organically. But, um, yeah, I do a lot of things. I'm also head baseball coach at Carnegie Mellon University. Uh, it's my 18th year. I scout professionally. I'm also general manager of scout, pro baseball scout for the Global Scouting Bureau. I do a I, do a lot of baseball training. Um, I do some speaking. Uh, I wrote a book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, which I got to do that uh, spot. Then um, what else do I do? Uh, Part-time heart surgeon at Swickley Valley Hospital. <laughs> I don't do that. You too? I own a, la <laughs> yeah. I own a landscaping business. Uh, I've owned that since 88. My dad started that in 71. Um, oh, yeah, then I have my podcast, The Claudio Rosano Show, which is on my website, ClaudioRosano.com. I've interviewed such legends as Mario Andretti, Ken Griffey Sr., Jerry Cooney, Rocky Blyer, Jim Rooker.
worker, a lot of former pirate stealers, uh, Roman Gabriel, another blast from the past. Then I host a basketball podcast once a month. Um, so I think I can speak on you can do more, you can always do more. And you spend a lot of time and with a wife and kids? I have a great wife, Linda, going on uh, 25 years, uh, married to her, I've known her since 87. Uh, my daughter, Ida, is a senior at Pitt. And we're extremely close. We spend a lot of time together, not just, you know, quality time, but quantity time, you know, right. because I don't waste time. I do my work and, um, no. and and spend time with the family as well. And, that you know, that's important. And that's to me, that's that decompression time. That's that, you know, I'm going to spend time with the family, um, you know, just relax, you know, block out the world. The problem now is, you know, where I run into is, you know, you got a lot of little things coming on and the events themselves don't take a lot of time. And here's kind of another important thing. For example, doing a show, we do the show, it's about 55 minutes, okay? Mm -hmm. That's not a lot of time, but you and I both know there, there's a lot of work that goes into this. Mm -hmm. You know, you line up the guests, you line up the sponsors, well, what do I do? Well, I mean, I do some stuff, but the point is, you know, we, there, there are guests, we're making phone calls, we're, you know, we're getting emails, we're, you know, we're checking the website, we're, you know, we're, it's just, there's a lot of work that goes on. So when sure. you're picking up a to-do, if you're gonna do it right, you got to plan that they're going to put time into that. You know, there's a lot of people that want to do something. You know, they want to be like, hey, I want to be, I want to be good at, you know, I'll, I'll use a sports or, or, or whatever. Yeah, I want to be a good, uh, I want to be a good baseball player. All right. Well, here's the magic wand. <laughs> oh wait, that's right. There is none. It's right. it's time and effort goes into that. And then even when you get to the pros, and you know what, I coached hockey for years. And I'll give you a good example too. You know, when you get to the pros, people think, oh, like they're pros. They still have skating coaches. They right. still have guys that work with them in their shot. And we're talking veterans, guys that may have been in the league four, five, you know, eight years, and they're still working with skating coaches. They're still working with things. I'll, and I'm going to make a leap of faith that baseball players have, that football sure. players have, so that you can always do more. Even when you think you are at the best at whatever you're trying to do, the truth is you can always do more and get better because you're, 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 you're human, you're not perfect, there's going to be something you can get better at, right. and you're going to work at it, and you're going to get better at it. And again, the whole, the whole premise of this show is to bring people in here that have paid their dues, have gotten successful, but they what they didn't do is say, well, I've got $100 million. I think I'll sit back now and just uh, right. go sit at the beach. You know what happens to people like that? Ten years from now, they're broke. And they age quicker. I age believe quicker. that. You know, For, for me, I, I believe John Wooden's quote be quick, but don't rush. You know, so I, I'm quick. I do things. I do them properly, and I get out. I don't. You know, a lot of people waste time, and and even on the phone. You know, I, I call you for this purpose, and sure, we can get the uh, you know the the introductions or the uh, you know the casual stuff out of the way. But sometimes things can drag, and I don't do that. I make sure it's quick, to the point, get it done. Not rude by no means, right. but I enjoy doing different things. But you know, uh, something else to your point with about accomplishing more, and you can do more. And I don't mean this in a crazy way because I'm all Boom Boom Mancini, who's we're looking to get him to be a guest as well. He used to say it's a quick trip from the penthouse to the outhouse. Make sure, audience, make sure you have a pen and paper down when I'm talking because I got a ton of sayings. But anyway, he is the cliche master. <laughs> but but uh, you know, I when people say, "Hey, Claudio, you've done this. You wrote a book, do radio show, podcast, TV." Yeah, but I think I really think I can do more. Greg Norman, who uh, he. Obviously, he's an incredibly successful businessman, incredible successfully successful golfer. He's worth over four hundred plus million dollars, and now, of course, he's doing the live, you know, golf thing and all that kind of stuff. But he said, he, "I think I've only accomplished maybe twenty-five to thirty percent of what I can do." Now, if that's what he's done, you know, imagine us. You know, I, I again, I feel I can do more, 
and, and or Andretti's going to be, I think, 84, February 28th. He's still at it. Him and his son are trying to get into Formula One. They could sit back, just do IndyCar and make a ton of money, sign autographs, drive the, the, the two-wheeler. Pri- no, they want to. It's a challenge. I enjoy the journey. I enjoy the challenge. But I also want to catch that carrot once in a right. while, you know, and thankfully I've been able to. And plus, I want to, I do, Jim Valvano, a friend of mine who I'll mention on this show a uh, ton of times, he say his favorite word in English dictionary is the word impact, right? So many people have had impact in my we life. We stole it for the title of the show. That's right. <laughs> and, and then um, I try to have impact on people who listen to me if I'm speaking. I'm going to be doing a series of speaking engagements to high schools. And, and, and of course, my daughter. You know, I don't want her to just, you know, I want her to accomplish things. I want everybody listening to this show or all my friends or anybody who rubs elbows with me to accomplish more because you can. And again, Valvano used to say, they asked him one time, what do you want when you're gone? He said, I want, and he got it from a Reader's Digest, the lady who started Reader's Digest. And she said, I want my dance card full. And Jim was an athletic director, obviously head coach, athletic director, speaker, camp director. I mean, he had his own camp. He was a big dog with Nike before everybody started doing the shoe stuff. Um, he did a radio show, cookbook, TV show. There was no podcast back then. And I used to tell him, Jim, I want to be the Jim Valvano of basketball, you know, I mean, of baseball. And, and I always admired all the things that he did. And they asked him one time, why do you do all these things? And he said, because I can. So, so far I can. You know, I'm 58, but I still have more energy now than I did when I was 48, 38, 28. So I keep keep going. And plus, I have more bills now, too. Yeah. So I got I to gotta do it. I know that feeling. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'll tell you what. Ultimately, though, it comes down to, you know, when it's about self-fulfillment. Yeah. And it's when do you feel like you're fulfilled. And that the truth is, is you, you can still do more. Mm-hmm. But... I believe this. I believe that until you're dead, you're alive, keep living. And, you, you know, it's not about, it stops being about money. And I'll give you a good example. There's a lot of politicians, older politicians, and I'll be like, oh, I want this person more time. Why don't they just go away? Just go away. And they just, they can't leave. To them, they don't know anything else. Right. It's like they don't know, they don't know what to do. It's like, can you, can you imagine some of these annoying politicians that won't go away? And, and you think they have nothing, they, they're, they're loaded. You know, they've served for 40, 50 years. You're like, what, what are you doing? And it's just they don't know anything else. So they're going to keep playing the game. And and my thing, what I'm, what I'm getting with that is it's not about keep playing the game. It's about you should be trying to be the best person you can be. And you have a bunch of God-given talent. Everybody, everybody's got skill. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Everybody's got a skill or a talent. Everybody's got it. you got to find out what it is. And then... You try and use it for the betterment of yourself, but of your society, and then you find out that that's where your happiness is going to come from. So everybody wants to look at it and say, "Well, if I if I can, you know, I want to I want to make a product, I want to create, or I want to spin up a small business, especially in IT, they love to do this. We're going to spin up a small security company, and then we're going to sell it for hundred million dollars. They're going to be rich. Okay, and th- then what? Yeah, you know, and that's the problem. Is it's like is that is that really your goal to just to make hundred million dollars? You know, there there have been you know these re- really rich guys have given it all away, and it's like I'll make it back. Yeah. And you heard those stories. You guys will make it back. Because it's, that's not the challenge, making the money. You know, That's more of a result of you did something very well. And the result was you, you did something very well in something where people needed it, and then you got rich as a result of that. But if you're just saying, I want to get rich, I, I don't, I, one, I don't think you're ever going to get there. And, and two, what happens when you are rich? And you know, it's like, 
do you think like do you have to do more? And when you can do more, what are you doing more for? Is it, oh, I'm going to get more richer. Well, it, okay. You know what I mean? We're not making a million bucks off this podcast. By the way, if you'd like to donate to the podcast, and, you know, I'm not and saying radio don't. Show. I'm not saying or the other radio show, right? If you'd like to um, donate to make us rich, we'll certainly take your money. But the point is, that's not why we're doing it. Um, we're in it for the wrong reasons if we're doing it for that reason. So we're trying to find things that we're passionate about and... You know what, if it takes a little bit of time out of my schedule, if I have to do a couple hours on a Saturday, but I enjoy it, it's not work at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the money. I don't need money. Uh, you know, I, we got jobs. We don't need to I do, do. that. Well, <laughs> I, I do. I, I'll be honest with you. Something my dad always told me, and I've seen a lot of athletes who made, I'm talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, and they're broke. Hundred, yeah. And they're broke. And that bothers well, That's me. different, though. I've right. seen that. And then I've seen, you know, people that, had a lot of money and it's gone. I seen this one family, uh, you know, the kids are taking the boxes out of the house and, and I, I'm, I'm, this is just me. Whether it's right, wrong, that's just me. There's a fear in me. I'm being very blunt with all the audience and people say well, it's an Italian thing. Maybe it is an Italian thing, but there's a fear in me. Rocky Marciano, former heavyweight champ, he saw boxers when he was climbing the ladder, shining shoes. He said, that ain't happening to me. Right. I've seen athletes make a hell of a lot of money, a lot of money, and they're broke. And I've seen, as I said, that family, their kids taking boxes of toys out of the house. So that ain't happening to me or my kid. Right. My dad used to say, keep the wolf away from the door. I don't do it to so, show you. I look at my watch or put the Cancun sticker on my car, which is fine if that's what you want to do. My whole goal, one time it was a February a couple of years ago, terrible weather, rain, snow, it was freezing outside. And my daughter was falling, she fell asleep on the one side of the couch. My wife was on the other side of the couch. I said, this is why I go at it as hard as I do. I really don't need anything. I mean, dead serious. I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I want to make sure I take care of my family. My dad, who worked at Bethlehem Steel, and he had a landscaping business. 1969, he was going to buy this little restaurant, a hamburger joint. I was four and a half. Then he had, uh, he was Bethlehem still had landscape business. He was going to buy this little piece of property so we can go fishing. Long story short, glaucoma, uh, emphysema, he was going to go blind, and he was going to have breathing problems. Long story short, he did not, he did neither of those, but he didn't work for two years. We, we didn't, feel, we had seven miles to feed. Me, my mom, my dad, my dad's first wife passed when she was 32. He had two kids with her. So it was those two, my wife's, my, my sister's husband, her kids. So it was seven of us. We didn't miss a, we didn't miss a beat. Santa kept coming to the house. We had tons of food. My mom knew how to stretch a buck. My dad knew how to make it. We saved it. We were good. During the pandemic in 2020, a lot of people after the first, you know, check, there was a big hit, you know. I never, I never put my hands behind my head, feet up on the desk. Man, I got it made. I always, and maybe worry is the right wrong word, but I look back at my dad, and, and my dad, he never went blind, never had emphysema, started working again in uh, 71, and there would be arguments on my front, on my porch about money. My parents would be chasing me out of the house with an extra 20 in their hand to give to me, and I said, I don't want it. Take it. Take it. My mom used to say in Italian, just in case there's an elephant that can fly, you can buy it, right? And I always appreciated that, never took advantage of that, and, and appreciated it, and my, and my daughter 
I want to make sure that we take care of her and take care of my wife. And and um, it's just very important to me. I don't need. I don't want to brag about anything. I don't want to be big time. I want to take care of my family and keep the wolf away from the door. Now, I believe in having your cake and eat it too. I want to help impact, um, affect people as much as possible. Chase that care. I enjoy doing this show. I enjoy doing all the shows. I love it. And I also enjoy making a buck. You know, so why can't I do both? There's nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. Don't misunderstand it. It's not that my my point is I don't I don't do things for the money. Right. I just feel like you will never be happy chasing the money. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I get wealthy as a result of doing something, right. great. But I don't chase the money. But I don't disagree with what you're saying. But I tell you what, I've been in the I've been poor. I've been poor. I, was, I remember when I was a e nothing in the military. Mm-hmm. Had a wife and a kid. I had nothing. No right. money. Nothing. And so people say, oh, you don't know what it's like. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll beg sure. to differ. I know what it's like to not have money in your pocket. And, right. You know, so I've been there. And uh, it's not fun times. And then when I got out of the military back in the 90s, um, I had a wife and two kids. And at the time, I got a job as, a, as software development. It was the most It was the most money I ever made in my life, $32,000. Mm. That was the most money I'd ever made in my life at, up to that point. I had two kids to feed in Southern sure. California. Mm. I wasn't living the high life. But I was excited. Oh, 32000 This is fantastic. You know, it's like... So I've been there. Yeah. Well, you know, again, um, for me, you know, they say your why, and I told you about the why. And um, uh, so, again, I urge people to to go after it. And real quick, a quick story, I was drawing a blank. I remember one time I was getting a couple invitations to some former players' weddings, right, which I'm honored and flattered to go to. I remember telling my daughter, I said, now she was maybe eight at the time. I said, man, I'm going broke going to these weddings and she had a look in her eye she said daddy we're broke i said no honey i'm joking around you know i it's just i'm maybe and forgive me audience i'm just obsessed with taking care of my family because i know my dad took care of us and my mom and i want to do the same and my wife works she's a catholic school teacher at saint james she works incredibly hard and you have to threaten her to spend a buck my wife you know my daughter not so much but that's another story but but uh, no, she's great. My daughter's respectful for all that. So again, my goal: have a good life, and 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 money's a part of it. Whether uh, anybody likes to say that or right. not, it's the truth. Right. I just so. don't don't live for it. Right. But, but nothing wrong with working hard to make a few bucks. That's right. Well, we're going to take a quick break uh, before we do. And I don't have my notes, but I should remember by now the Italian Sports Hall of Fame, Italian American Sports Hall of Fame is going to have our annual banquet, banquet August 2nd at the Lamont Restaurant in Mount Washington. It's for scholarships. It's a great organization. More information coming on that. You'll see a lot of great Italian celebrities at this event. So try to uh, get involved. We're also trying to do a membership, uh, membership drive. So uh, get in touch with us with that. I'll give you a, a contact information. And of course, my book, or you can email me about that if you want it, my website, uh, which is claudiorelsano.com. And there you can check out my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. Uh, you can get that on my website or Barnes & Noble uh, in Robinson Township, uh, barnesandnoble.com and uh, what's the other, amazon.com. So it's a great book. So uh, it's a leadership book. So check it out. All right. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take, uh, you know, quick break here um we're gonna have uh missy on and uh, i'm excited to hear that uh that's it we're ready to go as soon as missy's ready we'll have ron and uh, she's a great girl now i'll you know what let me do let me do her uh, uh, we'll just do it real quick yeah missy bertiotti she is a graduate of miami 
uh, University of Miami in finance. She qualified at her first attempt for the LPGA Tour, won the 1993 LPGA Tour event, the Ping Welsh's Classic in Boston. Played on the tour for 14 years, and she had earnings of over $1 million, speaking of money. She has been inducted into the WPI Hall of Fame, as well as the West, West, P, West Penn Golf Association Hall of Fame, the Italian Sports Hall of Fame. She authored the authored a great book, The Mental Mastery Program. She is a golf instructor. She also works with Lutner Financial. So we can't wait to have Missy on. And she's a great girl. Welcome back to Italian Impact Weekly. We have our special guest who I gave her a great introduction, and she's earned every single one of those things. Miss Missy Bertiotti. Missy, thank you so much for being on the show. Glad, glad to, Claudio, glad to. All right. You know what? I, I did mention most of your uh, great uh, accomplishments, <laughs> be it in college and, of course, the LPGA Tour and the Hall of Fames and the Golf Instructor and your book and now what you're doing now in the financial world. But before we talk about your journey to all these great accomplishments, do you ever stand back and just look at the things you've accomplished? To say, And, and what do you say to yourself when you do that? Oh, that is a great question. Oh, I have a, um, oh, I have a son, and I watch him be so hard on himself. And I think of, um, did I pass that down? Like I think people who are type A and driven spend more time looking forward versus looking back. <laughs> right. So I and I can see I've done that to my son. And it, I I think um, I'm. Tr- so the answer to this question is. Yes, I'm trying to do that more. And I appreciate what I've done, especially having, like you said, had a child and work in the golf, in the sports world with kids. And I have so much respect for what those kids put themselves through. So I think when I stand there, I think, wow, I did this. You know, so I have more respect now for me as a young child than I did having, you know, back then. So I guess the answer is basically no. (laughs) I don't have a whole... You know, but I'm trying is the answer. <laughs> you know, it's funny you said that because we were just talking. Today's theme before you got on was you can do more, you can always do more. And exactly. I said sometimes people will say to me, hey, Claudio, you've done this, you've done that. And I said, yeah, you know, I, I, but I think I can do more. Like you said, you, you think you can do, you move forward. So you hit that on the head. Um, Steve, I know you have some questions for me. No, Missy, first of all, again, I want to thank you for, uh, for being here. It's, uh, it's actually a privilege. I was reading all about you and I was like, wow, you know, I'm actually really excited to talk to you. And I, I want to kind of go back because you, you used a very key word that you said driven. And, uh, I want to go back yeah. because you were, you were, you know, obviously you were doing well from a very young age and, um, you know, yeah. being driven, not everyone is driven. What what was it in your life early on that created that attitude in you? Because ultimately that led to your success. And not just success being, hey, I won things. Success in that you're leading a fulfilling life. And my, my standing on the outside looking at you from, you know, from a different oh, perspective. That makes me feel so good. I think, the, I think the definition of success is so important. Oh, my gosh, it's so important. Like, I know very successful athletes, and specifically golfers, who are, quote, successful with the number of trophies. But I've been behind the scenes. I get behind the closed doors, and I know some superstars who are not happy, fulfilled persons. So that struck me. I remember distinctly when I was a rookie on tour noticing that. So I really try to keep that in mind all the time with the definition of success. So... um 
you know, I was fortunate as a youngster. I was just on autopilot. It's kind of how I was. I do think some of it is just hereditary. I do. I think you inherit the values and the work ethic of your family. I, I think you just can't get away from that. And you're just, it's the water we swim in. So I had that. I had those, those rich waters when I was young. My parents were, you know, hardworking, meticulous, detailed persons. And I had that dependability and that discipline. And so I think that it was there. And I have so many dads ask me, you've got to make my kid more disciplined. How do you get him to be fired up? I, I get that a lot. And I don't think that can be, quote, told to some student to do. I think it has to come from your heart, your wiring, your awareness. I think it can be built. I think it can be cultivated. But I think there has to be some general first um, curiosity and desire by the by the golfer or the athlete himself. But these days, like I just said to Claudio, you know, I had that. So I have the first part of that. But I really, really pay attention, I'd say the last two decades at least, especially as a parent and a retiring golf pro, to make sure I'm successful at what's important to be and not just win trophies, whether it's in business getting more clients, getting more clients. Like I don't, I don't operate that way. And it's hard not to, but I just really want to be fulfilled. Like how much money is enough? How many golf titles are enough? I know it sounds, you know, Gomer Pyle, like, you know, goody, goody, but I really try to, I (laughs) (laughs) I just really try to like, am I a good sister? Am I a good mother? My, I have a 10 and a six year old nephew and a 16 year old. Like, I spend a good bit of time with them now. It probably hurts my financial career, but that's what I want to do. That's what I feel like is important for me. That's my definition of success. You know, Missy, I, I see people as you do, and um, they go all in on something, but then there's something that's being sacrificed. And that's something that I try not to do. I want to check mark all the boxes. I want to do well in my work, but I also want to spend time with my family. And that's basically what you're saying. And I agree with you a thousand percent. Now you talked a little bit about your family, but talk to us about your high school years, your life, your goals, and your dreams. Just say around the 17 year old Missy. Yeah. And I'll say one quick thing. Ironically, my goals and dreams as a 17 year old are so different from what they are now. Mm. Like back then I was very one dimensional. Uh, and I think it was a testament to my parents and my friends that, especially my parents, like they didn't put a lot of demands on me. I was gone. I was at the golf course done. You know, that was the end of the discussion and they didn't make me feel guilty. You know, I still was around at family dinners and things. So I had, I wanted to, I was, I just wanted to be on tour as a young girl. I, I don't know how I knew, but I wanted to be a pro golfer. And I met, I think we talked about this. I'll tell you this real quick, Claudio. And it's funny because I've coached so many young kids after I got off the tour when I was a mother, you know, it was in my mothering years. I loved coaching in my spare time while I was raising my son. So I got to see a lot of kids and, um, how to motivate them is a is an art and a science. I love, I love to be able to touch them. You know, if you can motivate them, and ironically for me, looking back with hindsight, I realized I was motivated by my dad. I remember it. My dad's gone now, but um, 
I asked him when I was about 10 or 11, Daddy, can I golf with you? Because he always played golf as a hobby with his buddies. And he said, no, you're not good enough. Girls don't play with the guys, period. That was over. Conversation was over. That, I practiced so much after that. So it's kind of funny. That motivated me so much more than I already had. I had the basis, but then that really fired me up. Almost a almost a negative motivation, but you know what? I mean, sometimes that's what it uh, that's what it takes in life. Is sometimes we've got to be told you can't do that. Oh yeah, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, but I, I want to. You're right. No, and that's okay. There's there's nothing wrong. A lot of a lot of successful athletes were told you can't do this, and they said, oh yeah, I'm, and that's but that's that drive. And and I want to go back to something because you said when you you were coaching, you know, right out of the pros, and like I said, I never coached anywhere, you know, spectacular, but I, but I coached for a lot of years. And the one thing that used to frustrate me, and you, it seems like you had the same problem, was parents come to you and they say, I want you to make my kid better, you to do this, but you, and it's like, I can't care more than your kid cares, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, I can help them with their technique, and, and you said something about motivation. I can try to motivate them to a point, but I can't play the game for them. If they don't care, if they don't want to be there that much, I, there's nothing I can really do except for bench the kid. And then it's either the kid either wants to play the sport or they don't. Do you have, did you ever see that? Was that a common occurring where it was like, I want you to make my kid, you know, show up and be the best player in the world? I, I can't tell you how often that happened. Uh, so often. And I will say this, golf is a, is a sport that, you know, it's a kind of a, a rich man's sport, so to speak. The demographic of golfers are, you know, six, they come from successful families. So these fathers and mothers who are successful people, they feel like, you know, I can, I can uh, orchestrate this. Well, I, <laughs> I can, can orchestrate desire in my kid. Right. Yeah, I can. And I just, I, so I had to humbly and respectfully say, yeah, I'm sorry, ma'am. I, I don't think this is going to happen with your child. You know, you, that, those, those parents don't want to hear that. Tell me about it. I was neither humble nor respectful to the parents. And I just <laughs> got to the point. I, I, I will tell you right now. When I coach, and you can ask, ask anybody that played for me, I talk to the parents as little as possible. I just didn't want to deal with the parents. In fact, I, for a long time, said parents shouldn't even be – I coached ice hockey for like 20, 30 years. I said parents shouldn't even be allowed in the rink sometimes. Just have the kids go in the <laughs> rink, play the game, and you can watch the videos later on, parents. But uh, Missy, one time there was a young man. And his parents, you know, thought he was the greatest thing in the world, which we all do, kind of. But he's, she, <laughs> yep. they, they said, uh, the kid came up to me, what can I do to help the team, coach? I said, quit. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, okay. Tell us about, we talked a little bit about your pro. We're going to talk more about your pro career. But in the introduction, I mentioned that you went to University of Miami. Uh, tell us about your experience there and um, was it pressure for you because you hadn't made pro just yet? Obviously, you were working your way to it. Did you enjoy those years, or were they? Was it just work, work, work? Well, I cried. I loved it. I thought I died and went to heaven when I went to the ta this town of Miami. You know, with the weather. Right. You know, that was it was unbelievable from Pittsburgh. So I loved that. We played Doral. We played all these great golf courses, the Biltmore, but our program at the University of Miami was really good. We had really good players and I had to really fight to even make the traveling team, the top five. I just remember crying a lot, trying to get on the payphone to call home to cry and not have anybody see me in the dorm because, you know, it's tough. So, um, but I, I, I mean, 
I, I don't know. I think as a competitor, that's just part of it, the ups and downs of competing. But, yeah, my experience at Miami, we won the national championship, the NCAA, my junior year. I, as a team, we won it. Individually, I almost won it, but lost in a playoff my junior year. So I had a, I had a pretty good <coughs> college career. I loved my teammates. I loved being in those circles of greatness. You know, those girls were really good. And it probably ramped up but, your level, too, because you knew you had to turn it up. Absolutely. I, I can't, like, I think of it now. I can't, when I talk to some girls I teach now, like, you want to go to where the best are. You want to be in those environments. If I mean, if this person's serious with a career in golf, you, I just think your people around you are so important. Now, I want, to, I want to build on that because earlier you made a comment that when you were 17, your goals were different. Now you're in college, and you're probably still, I, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but it is still a focus on what I'm going to call individual success. I, I'm playing golf or trying to win. My team's trying to win. I'm trying to be a better golfer. Right. You you obviously morph now out of that. What point in your life now, when you're when you're leaving college and you're coming out, now you're into the pros. You know, what point does all of this morph? And I always say, I kind of generally say, it's the point in life where we realize we're mortal when we really change. Yeah. So I mean, what, what is that? What is that moment? What is that aha moment that your goals really shifted, or is this something gradual? Well, I think it was immediate as soon as I became a mother. You know, that was like boom. Uh, I, I'd be looking at my watch on the 13th hole, wanting to hurry up and finish the round to get home to be with my child. So that didn't do very well for my golf career. So I, 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 I retired. I just fully cold, you know, cold turkey quit playing and became a full-time mom. And, and that's when I became a more of a golf instructor versus a golf player. And that allowed me flexibility. So it was great. I had so enjoyed motherhood because, you know, as a golf pro, I was very disciplined and it was all about me. So that, that motherhood was the first time I did a lifestyle. I led a lifestyle that wasn't, you know, just regimented from the moment you wake up. You had to putt, you chip, you work out, you see your coach, you, blah, blah, blah. you know, it was so I didn't know any different. So motherhood was great. But I'll tell you the next part, Steve, is when the empty nest syndrome. And Claudio and I have been talking about that. My son's been out of the house now for almost, I had this fantasy after college he was going to move back home to Pittsburgh. And uh, when he didn't, and when he took a job in Los Angeles, I it really hit me. So, you know, at age 59, I'm an empty nester. My goals are not about my, like, it's all about this last, it is definitely the last, like, what chapter am I in here? What's what's what is there a bucket list what's like that's where i am now no but it's a but it's a nice it's kind of weird it's a nice place because you know you're still young you know you're 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 solid you know now you've got these kind of uh we're going to talk about your projects that you've got going on but you're in a good place now but you just said something key what chapter am i on well the nice thing is is you're still in the driver's seat again the theme of show you can always do more and you're in a great position you could say you know what what is next for me and let's you know when we want to kind of talk about the academy and you know what's going on, maybe you can uh, tell us about that the work that you're doing now. Uh, I, I, you know, what's next for me is I think a more balanced life. Like I, I definitely admit the entire part of my life has been pretty one-dimensional. I was either a golfer or a mother, and now 
And, and that, that just naturally rules out a lot of other activities. So now I'm at a point where you can say I've, I've earned it or whatever it is, but just by I've, I have choices. I'm so fortunate for that. I'm healthy. And so I want to work hard. I love my financial role. I have enough, you know, I, I'm a financial advisor. I work with a team of experts. I love being around, again, those experts. I learn every day. That was my degree in college, so I have that interest, and I, I love being a part of that team. I love helping people. It's just like being a golf coach. I'm just a financial coach now, but I don't want to allow – I want clients, but I don't want a million clients. You know, I want to be – I just want to be a trusted resource. I don't want to have a machine. I don't want to build a machine in this business and be nonstop. I want to have time at this stage to travel a little bit, go see my son. So that's where I am in this stage. And so my lifestyle looks a little bit more like a little bit of a daughter, a little bit of a sister, a little bit of a financial professional, and a little bit of a missy uh, personal time. So it's kind of different. And I have to really force myself to keep it that balance because it's, it's not my general state. Very well said, Missy. Now, one thing that we all have in common is we all have to overcome something to get from point A to point B or just in life's uh, ups and downs. Now, you had a great pro career. You had a great college career. Tell us about some of the uh, obstacles you had to overcome, how you overcame them, you know, from getting to to winning that LPGA tour and, and to having the life that you have now. Yeah, I think it took me seven years on tour, Claudio, to win my first title. Seven years is a long time. You know, I was pretty good in Pittsburgh as a junior, pretty good in college at a big college program. So I kind of felt like, you know, I got this. <laughs> and then, then you get on the pro, I got on the pro tour and it was, took me seven years. So that perseverance, ugh, if, I'm trying to think how I would summarize how I had it to stay in there and overcome that doubt that fear that embarrassment i don't know to be honest just you just did it just like uh-huh. yeah, i was right. gonna say just sheer discipline just yeah. sheer, like nothing he just stayed nose to the grindstone and um you know i'm just so glad i had like i said looking back i had people that loved me whether i won or lost i had just a good family so you know I, when i look at people who don't have any of that wow there's a lot of obstacles Whew. yeah you know, one time I, I, I'll be talking a lot about my dad and my mom on this show, but my dad went through so many things in his life from health issues. He was supposed to go blind, have emphysema. His first, his mom passed when he was young. He had to give up his, his dream of being a teacher because he had to take care of his two little brothers. And um, his first wife passed at age 32. Then my mom passed at age 48. One time we were talking. I said, Dad, how did you go through all those things? Yeah. And he very yeah. simply said, I had to. I had a family to take care of, or I had you to take care of. And it was that simple. It wasn't, you know, these, you know, step one, step two, step three. No, it was, I had to, because I had to take care of the family. And it seems like that's what you've done. You, you did it because you had to do it and, and you wanted it. Yeah. You know what I think a lot about Claudio is uh, Tom Hanks and Andre Agassi. Mm. They have, I have listened to um, uh, interviews by them those two guys specifically, whose children were very, um, you know, gi- um, gifted, you know, um, privileged. Sure. 
and they, they didn't have, those kids didn't have to do anything. So that, this topic, what you just said, your father grew up in an age, in an era where, oh my gosh, that, you know, they, there are a lot of have tos just to live. But this, this generation, my son, you know, it's totally different. They, there's not much they have to do. And I was right, I was kind of in the middle. I, we weren't rich, rich, rich by any means, but we were pretty. My brother always teases me. He said, listen, mister, you don't have to fight your way out of the streets of Upper St. Clair. <laughs> he always, when I talk to my brother privately about how I think it's easier for this generation, my brother says, listen, help these kids out. You had it pretty easy, too. You had a lot of people helping you, mister. You didn't even exactly have to fight your way out of the streets of Upper St. Clair. But, um, but I felt like I, I think my mentality was, I had to because I wanted to win. Like I, it wasn't survival, like paying the bills, but I wanted to win. And I had that absolute must attitude. And I, I don't know how I had it. I don't. I, I thank God I did. I, I, I liked having that. I, I like it. Okay. You know what? That's well said. We have, we have a few more minutes to go. I got to ask you real quick. Where is your family yeah. from in Italy? Yeah, that's my both both north and south. My mother's all her family's from the south, down by Napoli, all around there. Scarfoni, that's her maiden name. You believe Scarfoni, and my father all from the north, up near Trieste, up near the like Venice and the uh, Austrian yeah. border. Well, that's where Mario Andretti's family's from, uh, Trieste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went. That, that was a tough spot because Yugoslavia took over, obviously. Right. And uh, have you have you gone back? Many times when my, uh, when my son, it's a long story, but before he got into school, like before he turned five, I thought I have such this window of time. I had all these pro golf friends, golfers that I, you know, played with who are from Italy and Europe. So I thought, well, you know, I got to go now when, so we had a lot of fun. I, I loved that over there. I love, I, I learned the language. I taught my son. He speaks it pretty fluently today. We still have relatives over there. So I, I want to get back. I haven't been there maybe in 10 years now at least. Well, you know, we have uh, a final question before you sign off. Give our audience your best advice on having a happy, successful life. Ooh. You've got 45 <laughs> seconds, Missy. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I could give you the Gomer Powell uh, goody two-shoes. Give, you know, give versus get. Um but I do, I, that is some goody two-shoes, but no, I think right. it's, um, yeah, I think it's focus. You, I, I think Oprah might have said something. You, can, you can't have everything at once. So focus on your one thing, whether whatever profession. And, and the rest of my time, I was helping. I was trying to be a good family member, a good friend. And the rest of the time, I was paying attention to my work. You know what one word, Claudia, I'll give you? Distractions. This culture, this, this media... Oh. There's too much. There's too much junk. Yep. You can't watch Twitter. You can't be on Instagram. You can't do this and study it. You can't. You can't spend your, your life one streaming. Lane. Right. Yeah. Get in. Get in your lane and stay there and shut everybody else out. There you that's, go. That's, 
Yeah. I like that. Missy, you know what? When we first met at uh, Allegheny Country Club a couple years ago in a yeah. golf, celebrity golf event, you and I hit it off, and you're the best. I, I, nobody can say anything bad about this young lady. She's a wonderful <laughs> person. Forget about the golf. She's a wonderful person, and, and she knows I care for her and thank the world of her. I don't see her enough. And she also wrote a book, which I talked about earlier uh, as well. So, Missy, uh, real quick, give us your website so people can uh, connect with you. Yeah, MissyBertiotti.com, M-I-S-S-I-E. And if I can help anybody in this stage of their life with paying attention to their financial futures, I'd love to sit with you and introduce you to what I do. And she's the person to go to because not only is she good with what she does, she's a wonderful person. Missy, thank you so much for being a guest on our show, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Awesome. Thank you, Missy. Claudia, I feel the same. Thank you, Steve, Uh, very much, you guys. You're the best. Wonderful. Again, thank you, Missy. That was actually really fun. I like that. She's a great To the point, you can always do more. And there's an example of a person that – you know, could have easily just said, ah, I played golf, I made a million bucks, I'm done, right. peace out. But no, 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 it's not It's, it's not about money. Claudio, um, as usual, I think we had a good show. Um, and uh, But unfortunately, our time, you know, it flies pretty quickly, so we're just about up. Um, but, uh, you know, again, thank Missy and, uh, you and know. Joe. And Joe. Joe, the engineer, you, appreciate Joe. that. H-A-L-E, his name ends in a vowel. He's an honorary <laughs> Italian. That's good. That's a good awesome. thing. Awesome. Uh, also, um, we'd like to thank Hank Eduardo for our music. Again, Hank, uh, Hank performs uh, at a variety of our classic and modern Italian favorites. You can find him on Facebook at Hank Eduardo. Go out there and look him up. Hank, I've known Hank for probably since I was six years old in kindergarten. Um, so wonderful man and uh, great musician. So, again, recommend go look up Hank Eduardo on Facebook. And uh, I think that's just about going to do yeah. it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell you to tune in again next week. Um, we've got some wonderful guests from our local communities. We're going to talk about that next week, so I don't want to kind of give it away. But uh, we do want to leave you in just a, like, like you said, Clay, we want to leave them wanting in just a little more. So just we've got some very good guests next week. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And if you miss us, again, you can go out on the website, uh, italianimpactweekly.com. Catch our old podcast. You can listen, uh, stream us live at khbradio.com if you can't pick it up in the Pittsburgh area. But if you are interested in being a guest, uh, want to support, have any questions, interested in getting guests, we find we can. We are surprisingly uh, able to get good yeah, guests on flexible. this show. That we, yeah, we're, yeah. so don't be uh, don't be surprised if we you're can a get. part of the show. That's right. exactly and, right. And if you don't mind, I always like to thank my parents, Olindo and Ida, and my wife Linda and Ida. So Fantastic. and obviously the great audience. So again, uh, tune in next week. Yeah. Thursdays at 5, KHB Radio streaming. And again, email us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com. All right. See you guys next week. Thank you.